Welcome to Pull the Pin Already. I'm Jim, and if you can't tell, Mike's not with me right now. But today, we have two special guests here to talk about something very important that touches all of us. Brian, Amy, welcome. What do you guys got going on? Well, thank you for having us. We are here to represent um, uh, a new entity called Hashtag Kids Are the Legacy, which represents the idea that we have children all around us all the time dealing with the effects of addiction um, within their home. Particularly, we're focusing on children who are affected by addiction um, where parents are tied into substance abuse, active substance abuse, and the effects on the youngest people in the family. And we want to work to raise awareness about the cause, and we also want to emphasize the difference one person can make in a child's life by paying attention, noticing, and taking time with them when they most need it. So, so what, what made you take on this big project? This project has been probably stirring inside my own heart since I was a child myself, growing up in a home that was affected by um, a, a military father and who had a lot of stresses on him and who dealt with alcoholism, uh, mostly behind closed doors with the family. Um, so that left a seed inside of me that was planted years and years ago um, in terms of how this affects a child. And since then, I've pretty much lived every facet of this disease, and I've even worked in it in the field as a career um, counseling families and individuals who are trying to get their, themselves into recovery and free from the, uh, the burden of addiction. And I've been involved with all the healing that needs to go on afterwards, which sometimes seems like a lifelong process and really truly it can be. But the idea of interrupting this for a child much, much earlier on is, uh, is, is a real gift to a kid who's mixed up and lonely and feeling that maybe they have something to do with what's going on in the house and just feeling different. So this idea was born, I guess, when I was a kid wishing that I had somebody to talk to, wishing that I had somebody that would even explain. I was too young to even really know what was going on in the home. Just knew I didn't feel right. Um, now, fast forward all these years later, I've been lucky enough to uh, participate in a leadership program called Redesign, where I, I met all these golden people that had a similar sense of the importance of this this work and we collaborated and created this just seriously out of love and yep. nothing else mm -hmm. i'm i'm intrigued because um like you know a lot about uh problems in society alcohol you know all that stuff there's a lot of things i think kids are often overlooked I mean, unless you get into the areas of abuse and trafficking and things like that, those are buzzwords that, you know, media will even get attention to. But what you're talking about is almost like some sort of a silent problem that, that really doesn't get much focus. It really doesn't. Yeah. Even, even within families that are fortunate enough to 
be able to link to health and professional services um, and have the means to afford that. Even under those circumstances, my, pers my personal experience as a therapist working in the field is that it's very, very rare, beyond rare, for the youngest children in the family to be paid attention to. And that's exactly where the next seed of addiction is being planted. Pre-verbally, pre-verbally, this starts getting laid down, behaviorally and emotionally, every, everyone. So it's a place to start. The awareness campaign is a place to start. It is not the solution, but it is definitely a place to start because this has become, not become rampant, it's been in our world and especially in this country for forever. But now that people are spending more time at home due to COVID, it, these kinds of secrets that are held within a family behind closed doors uh, are, are intensified right now. There are many children that are dealing with pretty horrific circumstances, even though they may look like they're living in a, you know, the PTA with a PTA mom and a dad that goes to work every day in a nice home and in a respectable community. I mean, it can still look like that. And it's right, it's next door, right? It's, it's across the street. It's your, it's your, um, it's, it's a colleague at work who's dealing with this. It's everywhere. And the only thing I think positive about the opioid crisis, if there's anything that could come out of that, is that it is more commonly talked about now. It's so prevalent that people really cannot turn a blind eye to it. I don't, I don't think there'd be anyone in America that would at least not be aware that there's a, been a serious opioid problem going on in this country. And yet alcohol kills more families, and more individuals than anything. And, and we don't talk about that, right? Yeah, I, I appreciate that because in the military, drinking is a sport sometimes. Um, in fact, I didn't drink until I got into military. Well, I can't mm -hmm. say I didn't drink, but I, I didn't have a drinking problem or anything. I just didn't look at drinking as in any fun. And then I got into the military and all of a sudden there were, you know, the hazing type things. And then you kind of fell out of it. So we have a lot of drinking issues. And as you know, too, uh, military got a lot of suicides and things like that. And I think mm -hmm. they deal with a lot of distress. And I don't know if anyone really focuses on the children and the effect, the ripple effect downhill. And, uh, you know, in the military enough, it's, it's stressful enough. And we also move around a lot. So even the resources you're talking about may be available, but if, if the kids are constantly moving, they might not have that safe place. They might not have a safe space. So you guys have uh, any, I know this is an awareness kind of thing. Do you have any place to direct kids, any advice for these kids, anything that can uh, help them out or the parents? Maybe the parents need a, a swift kick in the butt to realize this is a real problem. Well, the, uh, my heart, I, I have a lot of compassion towards any person who's actually caught up in a brain disease that is telling them that they do not have a problem. I mean, it's the one disease that people can get that work so hard to convince a person that they do not have a problem. So I think the messaging towards parents is needs to be done with 
uh, honesty, but without brutality. Honesty with compassion, love, that's about the only thing that ever moves anybody into a space brave enough to look at the things that are the hardest things to look at, right? So I'm careful with the languaging there, but with children, the, the message I wanna get out that is uh, like professionals know and uh, places look like Alateen, Al-Anon, in some places there are even Alatoc places uh, for that are free meetings, free resources, but it's really hard if nobody's, if the gatekeeper for the child is the one with the problem, it's very hard to get that child to those resources without the loving intervention of family, friends, people that are willing to, to take a risk and step up and say, I care, I care. This is not, not anything other than just love and caring and to step yep. up and take a chance. So the resources are difficult, but you could always um, talk to a school counselor. Uh, if there's a therapist or a doctor involved, due to HIPAA laws, this is just a little information there. As a therapist, for example, you cannot confirm or deny that somebody's in your care, but you can listen. You can always listen. So sometimes a person stepping up and just being like a little birdie, sending a message to a, a really special teacher, somebody in the community that would have access to this family and care about this child, it can go a long, long, long way. The more eyeballs, the better. Right. And we know that there's also some fear, I guess, associated with it's always like that. You know, whether you call them victims or or however you want to label, you know, there's always fear of rep retribution or punishment or something. I was going to ask you, Brian, because I, I, I talked about a lot of military guys. Um, it's not like drinking or alcohol or drugs is, is, a, is a guy problem, um, but it tends to be a more of a macho thing, like a some sort of a you know, get together with the guys. So we have to drink. And then you do start doing that more often. You know, what would you, um, I guess if the parents are actually listening to this, you know, obviously the kids might not be reached. This might not be reaching the kids as well as, as what we, we would hope. But what if the parents are listening to this? What if you got guys out there that, that think the social drink or don't even recognize they have a problem? I mean, is there anything you can kind of share with them to consider or to look at or, you know, anything? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. It's pretty cool. Um, I, I have a daughter who served in the Coast Guard, and my dad was in the Marine Corps. And, you know, growing up, I, my dad, all my uncles, his brothers, his, his parents, mostly his dad, they drank a lot. And, um, you know, as kids, we, we witnessed this stuff, but I guess it became the norm because we saw it happen on it, you know, pretty regularly. And uh, I guess a message I'd like to share with people is if you've grown up in that kind of environment and you get married and you want to have kids, you can easily make a choice, make a decision not to drink in front of your kids. Um, I know when, when I was single, yeah, I did a lot of drinking. I did the beer bombs. You know, wasn't proud of it. I had fun, but when I became a parent, I took uh, I took it a different approach because I just didn't want to pass that seed on to my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, I kind of want to instill in them uh, specifics. You know, things like, you know, be responsible. 
And um, I didn't want to set an example in that regard to be a drunk because I saw it as a, I saw it firsthand. And my friends' families, they were in the same boat. So it was almost like people did it on a daily. Oh. Um, so when my daughter went into the Coast Guard, you know, and she become of age, you know, that's when I think kids experiment with alcohol and drugs. And, um, you know, you can, you can raise them, you can bring them up in the best manner you know how, um, and try to teach them these morals. A lot of it comes around the friends they hang around with, you know, as, as someone who's been in the military, such as yourself, you've been around these guys and, and it's a peer thing, peer pressure thing. So, um, it's, it's, it's something you hope your kids don't fall into the same category that like my parents did, you know, and I, I, I took it upon myself to try to break that trend. And so, um, you know, we're, we're putting together a campaign to create awareness through, uh, hashtags. So we're using hashtag kids are the legacy and we've created, um, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Mm -hmm. So these are ways to um, promote our awareness. Mm -hmm. And um, we'd encourage anyone, for that matter, to go to, to any one of these hashtag Kids of the Legacy uh, platforms and watch the videos, kind of get a feel for what's going on. And if you want to add your own story, create your own story because you're going to help someone else and you don't even realize it. And you can, if you're a Twitter follower of, let's say, LeBron James or some important politician or somebody you like, Hollywood, doesn't matter. Hashtag kids of a legacy and we can get our message out faster and further than we could ever think. And it's just an awareness campaign to, to bring about addictions that really can take you down a deep hole if you, if you allow it. And Jeff, I may add to the long-term idea is to also create a hub for resources and for networking and for creating a community because I've found like most of us, we love to tell a story. We love to hear a story. We learn through stories. And so listening to other people's stories about their childhood experience or being the adult that stepped in and made a little difference in a child's life. Um, they're really powerful. They're the most powerful thing you can use. So feel free to open up the storytelling. Not only does it help to destigmatize and to help normalize that this goes on all over the place. And uh, sometimes the most important message in the beginning is for somebody to realize they are not alone and that their family isn't something so strange or horrible uh, that, that there's actually some a lot of help out there and a lot of hope out there um, and we just want children to realize that they did not cause it and they can't cure it and this is not about them it feels like it's about them but it isn't about them and it's safe and smart to reach out to somebody that you trust. It doesn't really matter who it is. And you don't even have to tell the whole story to begin with, but just creating a connection 
really the adult has to be the initiator of that. Children are secret keepers, right? They're secret keepers. They are sometimes overtly taught that, but most of the time it's just sort of the subtext living in a house that we got, but you just don't want any extra attention brought to the situation. When in fact it's love and attention and light that is gonna help them out. Yeah, I think it's amazing because I think the kids are, are an element that gets lost in this. And, and I think like Brian alluded to earlier, this is a common thing. And the more we make it common, the more mm-hmm. kids see it as common, the more, mm-hmm. you know, acceptable they are. And I yeah. think at some point you do have to break that cycle. And I, I for one, I, I mean, I quit many, many years ago in, in the military. I saw no sense in it. Every time I drank, it only got me in trouble. So I didn't see any purpose in drinking. And it doesn't really excite me to hang out with the boys and have a drink. I mean, that's, I can drink water. I can drink anything else. It's like, I don't need to do that. So I think the more we get the word out, even to the the parents that are listening, because everybody knows the hard part is identifying the problem. And most people who have these problems don't realize they have a problem until it's too late. You know, so if you're somebody out there who just goes out for a social drink once in a while, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get on anybody. Hey, you do you, you know, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I just challenge you, you know, question, why am I drinking? What's the purpose? And it's not even cheap. It's expensive. You know what I mean? You, you, you look at the bills between regular dinner and drinking dinners. I mean, they're huge. So oh, yeah. what are you doing it for? So, and then, then when you realize that you might also realize the impact you're having on children or anybody, you know, within the, the spectrum of your reach. So it's true. And when we talk about passing this on, part of it is really, Yes, we want to teach our children values and morals like you were speaking about, Brian. And we want to realize as adults in particular who use like drugs and alcohol to chill out, to relax, to cope. Those are the behavioral messages that children are learning just by watching. Okay, dad works all day, mom comes home stressed out. She has, you know, nowadays, even women, I, it drives me crazy. They call wine mommy juice, you know? Yeah. It's like that stuff is getting picked up, guys. So the the great thing is to look at your own self and ask yourself, like, am I kind of just, we use the word in, this, in our uh, redesign training, this word called the drift. Like, are we just, ooh, just drifting on down the river with the current? It's taking us because that's what we do. We don't think about it. It's what everybody does. You have a drink when you come home or after work. But really, what else are the costs? It's, it's, the costs often come with numbing out, just kind of getting lazy, not really engaging with your kids. They might be there, but you're not really on the floor, eyeball to eyeball, engaging, using your imagination and play and um, really being connected. Most people, well, I would say all people that find themselves down that rabbit hole of addiction find that once they come out of it, they realize that that drink or that drug is their primary love relationship, right? And it will boot out your best friend. It'll boot out your your wife, your, your baby. It can push everything into a secondary position. Um, and it happens slowly and sneaky. So these are the things also that we pass on to our kids. Think of it. I'm fascinated with the work that I've done to meet families where it's like a gener- every other generation that shows up, right? How does that happen? 
because the, none of the behaviors ever got broken. So grandma and grandpa raised, you know, my mom, let's say, and they were drinkers, and now my mom comes into my life and is my mom, I'm just making this up, and she doesn't drink at all, right? She's going to be the opposite, the extreme opposite. But what, what did not change is any of the understanding, any of the behaviors, any understanding of what happened to her and why she now has to be so rigid. So it's really fascinating the behaviors get passed on, despite whether or not the drinking is going on. So it's very, it runs deep and wide. And that's, and the good news is that that's what you can come at this thing from so many different angles and for a child, like I've shared my story about an art teacher when I was really little who kind of ignited me, right? He ignited my imagination and made me feel good about myself. And I felt safe with him. And that was something that I've carried all these years that made a big difference in me. You know, something that interrupted, I saw something different. I saw a different way of being than what I was seeing at home or coping. I learned to paint. I learned to hang out in the backyard and I learned to listen to dad jokes, you know, <laughs> whatever. It was something different and it was healthy. And as a child, we resonate real well with healthy. Most kids know intuitively, yeah, this is the, this is the right stuff. We just don't seem to get it enough when we're entrapped in a family like that. You know, I'd, I'd like to add to the fact that when you drink, you have a tendency to say just about anything. Mm -hmm. um, some people drink for that reason. Yeah. Liquid courage. When you have kids and you, you're drinking at home because of whatever reason, you know, you're coming home, you had a bad day at work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things I've learned in this Healing Angels Redesign program is uh, words have meanings. And we take for, we take this for granted, but when you're inebriated and you say something to a small child, mm -hmm. you can destroy that child's future over simple words because you're drunk. Mm -hmm. And you may think it's, ah, it's nothing, I'll blow it off. You know, that was, grow up, you'll be all right. Or don't even or remember you, it. Yeah, or you just destroyed the child's hopes and you didn't even realize it. And I can tell you from this training that uh, it's opened my eyes to um, words have meanings. Words have um, words set things in motion, and um, you can build somebody up or you can tear them down, and it's your choice. And you know, I, I always think about this when when I had my first daughter, the one that was in the Coast Guard when she was born. You know, you can sit there and say, um, "Where's the manual?" How do I raise this child? You know, yeah. and, and everybody asks the same question and you start <laughs> washing things. And, and then when a second comes along, you just kind of clean it off of your shirt. <laughs> yeah. with it. But um, the whole idea behind raising kids is you, you want to do the best job that you know how yeah. and, and you set the example, you live the example and, and people take it. People take for granted what alcohol does to them. It's a buzz. It makes me feel good. But what is it doing to that child? I mean, I, as an adult growing up in that environment, yeah, I can see some of the similarities, but uh, I've made a conscious decision back in December to quit drinking. 
and I haven't had a drink since. And, and I don't care to. I go out with my friends. I'm still at the places where we all hang out. I don't have to drink. And, and people will ask me, you want a beer? Nah, I don't need it. And I wasn't a big drinker. And if I did drink, it was a social drink. It wasn't anything, you know, big. But, you know, the older I get, the more I realize you know, life is short. And let's not screw it up anymore if we've already screwed it up. <laughs> right. No, let, let's screw it up doing good things. Let's right. Let's turn it around. at least. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting because, uh, now obviously it's my opinion, but... I don't know if you guys know this, but most people don't go into the military to serve their country. I mean, that's usually not what attracts people to the military. They're usually running from something. And there's a very good possibility that they were these children. Yes. You know, they were these children that, that are victims or brought up in these environments a lot. And it's sad to see that when they get into the military, they're taught a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. But that part of it just seems to come natural and it's accepted you know, the hazing, the drinking, the, yeah. you know, all of that's right, like readily available and almost promoted sometimes. So, you know, at, at some the point, kids go to college is the same way, you know, they, they have little hazing. I think about how change can happen, though. I'll tell you this, because when I was a kid in the 70s where everybody smoked and, you know, every airplane was full oh, of people smoking and like, I never thought in my lifetime I would see that change. And look how much it's changed. Hey, I, I live in the city of Winston-Salem. It's the home there of There you go. And, and you know what? When I, when I first moved here back in the mid-'80s, there were tobacco fields everywhere. Yeah. Now I, you can't find them. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't want to... I don't want to accept that we can't do better, and it's just the way it is. It It's a... It's a huge thing. I have no intention of trying to put this country in back in prohibition times or anything. Well, it's not the point. The point is really to wake up and decide what we can do better. Right? Every every generation wants to do a little better, a little better. But when you said, you know, we want to set an example, the hard thing is, is I'll speak for myself. When I started having children, all I all I wanted was was to be a mom and give my kids what I didn't have, right? And then I didn't get that manual. And guess what? I didn't have any anything in here to pattern off of that was really healthy. So the good news for me was that I had to reach out. I had to reach out and start learning something new, and I'm grateful for that. But I, but if I had just had my mom around and she just told me how to do everything i probably would have just kept on going you know the way we all do um yeah who's this emmanuel guy you keep talking about this emmanuel guy does he know a lot about parenting i don't know what no <laughs> the manual <laughs> i don't know but i want to meet emmanuel real bad one day yeah, so I, I think it's great. I think what you guys are doing, bringing awareness to something, I think it's often overlooked. I think it's really often overlooked. And I think the people that can make the difference are not the people, obviously, in the addiction because they need more help. They need something a little more serious. Uh, the people that, that are, are on the path and don't realize it, and they're not even looking behind them or below them to see what their kids are soaking up. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, once again, like this is obviously an awareness campaign. So what we're what we're trying to achieve here is to spread the word, right? Yes, and like I said, share really sharing through stories and 
connecting people to resources. There are some, we have found more and more as we've gotten into this, there are organizations out there already creating great work that help children and communities. And we'd like to connect people to those resources that already exist because maybe you're not the person that's going to actually stand up and help a child, but maybe you're the person that volunteers at one of these organizations or fundraises or speaks on behalf of these organizations. Every, everything helps. Like everything counts. I would like to add one last thing. The word legacy, part of our campaign, but what does the word legacy mean? Like, break it down. Let's think about this. When you die, because we're all going to die one day, Mm -hmm. How will we be remembered? You know, do we want to have a legacy of a positive influence or do we want to have a legacy of, well, there goes another drunk buddy of mine, he just died. You know, you can set the ball in motion by making the right choices. The legacy is how you want to leave this world. It's, are you going to leave it in a good place, a happy place, a better place, or is it going to be a negative kind of? I've been to a lot of funerals, I've been pallbearer to many people. Um, you know, you can sit there and think about it when you're at that funeral, what that person was like, and it's a choice you make. And that's why, that's why I'm happy to be part of this because I'd like to make a difference in somebody's life. And if I could change that one person, that child that doesn't have to be abused verbally, physically, uh, I'd like to do whatever I can. I want that to be my legacy. That's beautiful. And our, you know, our legacies live on through our, our, our little ones in the world, right. the ones that carry everything forward. And so we want to give them better, better resources and better tools and better coping skills. So, I mean, there's so many great things we can teach young kids all the way down to breathing and meditation, like simple things done in, but for kids, cause we, it works, it works. But if you're never taught, oh, you know what, calm down and count to 10 or go ride your bike around the block five times, just something. And if nobody's there teaching you how to calm yourself, how to cope as a little kid, it's really tough to figure that out as an adult. I will say that. That's really annoying. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys showing up. Um, thanks for uh, sharing and, and thanks for what you're doing because it's pretty important. I encourage everybody out there to uh, get involved. Um, it's hashtag Kids of the Legacy. Come share your story. We're on every major platform. Uh, just get involved. Do something because I think these kids are being overlooked, and I think we're the we're the solution for them. So uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all you watching there. Hopefully uh, you get involved. Do something for these kids. Do something for the for the adults. Do something for yourself even. And hopefully you tune back in. And until next time, Godspeed. And pull the pin.